Welcome back to another episode of In the Crowd Podcast. My name is Tyler Vanderloo. Thanks again for tuning in. On today's pod, we have former NFL journeyman kicker, Sean Conley. Sean has a new book out called The Point After, How One Resilient Kicker Learned There Was More to Life Than the NFL. You can pick up your copy of The Point After wherever books are sold. Sean kicked collegiately for the University of Pittsburgh, then went on to play for the Detroit Lions, Indianapolis Colts, and the New York Jets. Sean's book, The Point After, is an all-access look at the NFL, one of the most intense workplaces in all of sports. Conley describes pushing through that pain at NFL training camps, surrounded by everybody from rookies, all-pro vets, long-shot undrafted free agents, all hell-bent on the same goal, and that's making the team. I asked Sean about some of his teammates he had in the NFL, and he tells great stories about Barry Sanders, Jim Harbaugh, and many others. Eventually, injuries took a toll on Sean, and he turned to yoga. Now a yoga teacher himself, he owns Amazing Yoga in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, along with his wife. Sean was an awesome guy to talk to and, and uh, get to know. Again, pick up your copy of The Point After wherever books are sold. Sit back and enjoy this podcast conversation with Sean Conley. Let's go. On the line with us today is Sean Conley, former NFL football kicker. I should say former professional kicker. We had one year in Europe there at the end, but uh, he's got a new book out called The Point After How One Resilient Kicker Learned There Was More to Life Than the NFL. You can get the book wherever books are sold. Sean, thank you so much for coming on today. Hey, hey, Tyler. How's it going? Thanks for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you're our first NFL player or former NFL player. So uh, that's awesome to us. So anyway, uh, you played with the Lions, the Jets and the Colts. How was it playing for those three teams? Yeah, you know, my my career was certainly not like like your typical one. So I spent most of my time just 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 fighting for a job. So after my career ended at the University of Pittsburgh. Uh, you know, I thought I was going to be drafted. You know, you know, according to my age, and I was, I was ranked pretty high with all the kickers around the country. But I wasn't. You know, like a lot of players, I went the the free agent route. So I went to went to Detroit, and I was uh, spring camp. Almost the start of the season, and I was released with them. And uh, that was that was an interesting story where I where I was. You know, you're you're what they would call like a camp kicker, where Hanson, who at the time was like the top paid NFL kicker, I think he was making around uh, seven at the time, extraordinary. But then each 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 stop after that had its own unique. You know, just to, you know, uh, give a quick recap, and then with, with the Colts, I had a much better team there. I was with them from from spring until fall camp, but I had injuries that. And then, and then the same with the Jets. I was with them for for a handful of months. So even though I was in the NFL for three years, it wasn't like your. I wasn't exactly like a Tom Brady career, day, but uh, <laughs> but I, I, I had quite the taste of the NFL. There was one chapter in your book uh, that I specifically enjoyed, and that was 
when you told the story about basically your your time with the Detroit Lions and the relationship that you made or had with Barry Sanders, can you uh, you know elaborate off of that a little bit? Yeah, you know, it, it was the craziest thing. I, I still think back and, and, and wonder how it all, all happened. But um, it was on maybe the, I believe, like the third or fourth day of training camp. He just came over to me before practice began and said, hey, do you want to catch? And, it was, you know, he's walking over and I see like, the, you know, the, the blue and silver number 20. And, you know, I hadn't spoken a word to him before that. And so, you know, of course I said yes. And then each day after that, it was it was a routine, like, you know, a few minutes before practice began, he'd come over and he would just start pot tossing the ball to me. And I, I, you know, I don't know why, you know, I, I know just, you know, following Barry Sanders career, it was just, um, you know, he, he wasn't your typical NFL player, you know, you know, and we all know that he, he retired early and, you know, maybe it's because like I was an outsider or whatever it was, you know, you know, a lot of the, a lot of the rookies were, you know, went through all the hazing and initiating and everything, but I had, you know, a different experience where I got the, got to play catch with Barry. And he actually, um, when we played, this was the year, maybe the first or second year that the NFL started their, their marketing in Europe. So we played the Dallas Cowboys over in London. And, you know, one night, you know, I was out with some of the younger players, you know, in the bars and all that stuff because we, we, uh, coach Fonts, the, the curfew is like a sliding scale down. Like, so the first couple nights we could be out till two and then 12 and then so forth. So I was out and I came back and, and, and Barry Sanders was just sitting in the lobby reading a book <laughs> and he just, you know, I came over and sat down next to him. And he, he just gave me the greatest advice. I'll never forget. He just told me, you know, he was asking me how my training camp was going. And it looked at that point there it was, it was inevitable. I was going to get cut. And he just reminded me, he just said, Hey, you got to remember no matter what happens in the NFL, remember that there's there's life beyond the NFL and you know that when he said it I, I it didn't mean much to me at the time because for me that that's all there was but you know it, his his words definitely were he was right on and and when it, when it was all said and done for me it just took it took me a while to get to that point but it, it was great advice and you know I was very lucky to to meet him like I said it just made made no sense me being this this undrafted rookie that he he would want to spend time with but that was that was Barry Sanders for you see that's that's an awesome story right there what okay so what is it like okay so you get to Detroit or whatever NFL team that you know you're with that very first day of meetings and you're sitting in the back of the room are you thinking like holy crap, you know, why am I here? Or, or yeah. are you going like, you know what? I deserve to be here. I'm good enough to be here. It, it, it was or both, both. Or it, both, you know? Yeah, it was both. It was it was one part uh, terrifying and, and one part excited. So you're there and it's, it, you know, I, I remember being in the back of the room and just being, wow, I made it. You know, I'm in the NFL, the Detroit Lions. But then you start looking around the room and you see people like, you know, Barry Sanders and Chuck Long and, you know, all these like, you know, first round draft picks that, you know, you know, in, in high school and, you know, college that you, you hear their names and now you're now you're in the same meeting room with them. It's just uh, uh, it, it was hard to enjoy the moment because when we're there, there was there was 80 of us and, you know, they had to get down to 45. So, so you, you know, you part of you wanted to just like soak it all in. Yet it's like, oh my, what's what's next? <laughs> so you're kind of always kind of walking on eggshells, so to speak. Exactly. Yeah. You know. It, it, you know. You know. One day, you know, during training camp, and training camp back then lasted for six weeks. 
you could you'd come back after practice and or or a meeting and the guy's locker that was next to you is now empty <laughs> you know or you know you, you hear somebody just got you know released or they got traded it was it was always you know that that kind of feeling you know and, and that's i think you know we see the nfl and how how glamorous it can appear from the outside but there's you know out of the roster there's there's a fair number of guys who are secure but most of the guys were were like in my shoes where you know this this could be my last practice and you mentioned getting released or getting cut and, and i want to come back to that real quick but i want to know what is a typical training camp look like for a kicker punter uh you know basically kind of main special teams guys what does that look like because i mean you're not on you know offense and defense and you're not going on that stuff like what is that i mean what's a daily routine in practice for a kicker in the nfl yeah so so training camp it's it's really different you know coming from college you know we had at at the university of pittsburgh we had five or six kids that were all on scholarship but for the nfl you know there's there's a there's the incumbent kicker the incumbent punter and then there's the the, the, the kicker and the punter coming in one kicker, one punter coming in, trying to take both their jobs and you're, you're alone with those, those other guys. So that's, that's the strange thing, you know, like, you know, when I'm in Detroit, I'm with Jason Hansen, the starting kicker at the time. And it's like, you know, I'm, I'm there to somehow, you know, take his job, you know, and that's, that's how it goes. And same with the other punter. So, you know, the guys that you're usually closest with when you're trying out or, you know, in the training camp is, is the other punter who's trying to take, the current punter's job so but you're you're just with those three other guys most of the time and we spend a lot of time on the side which you know for me is hard you know I've always liked to be really active but you, you know you, you you only kick like a certain amount in practice and it's 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 you know it's it, it's usually like at the end of the practice you'll go out there with the team and there'll be a certain number of reps for special teams but you you, you spend a lot of time watching which you know for me was 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 exciting you know I, I grew up you know like as, as a just a fan of the game so to be able to you know play the game kicking during training camp but also just to be able to watch you know players at this level train was 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 extraordinary because you could just see how you know at this level you know you had the players who were like the biggest the strongest the fastest but the ones who could now maintain that at the NFL level it was like the attention to detail just watching you know, those players at the highest level who even in training camp, you know, did, you know, paid attention to every little thing. Technique was 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 really fun to watch. You mentioned in the book how, and it kind of puts life truly into perspective, because, I mean, myself as a as an NFL fan, I just watch the game on Sunday. With wins, I'm happy if my team loses, I get over it within five minutes you you wrote in the book that it was a preseason game and your wife and your little girl um you know had this is when you were with the Colts we're at the um we're at the dome there in Indy and then you were the first one out of the locker room quick shower so you could go see your wife and your little girl and then you had to get right back on the bus and you were going away and like to me when I read that I was like you know what these guys are I mean it's real life for them too but we only as fans, either if we're privileged enough to go to the game, we leave right away. And if we're, if we're watching on TV, we just turn it off. We don't think like that. You know what I mean? Like, like, Hey, I got to hurry up and shower just so I can go see my wife and, and, and little kid real quick for the five minutes. And then I got to go away again. Right. Right. That, 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 that was one of the hardest parts for me in training camp. You know, the, you know, certainly, 
you know, trying to always win a job and, and always being worried about my performance, you know, at each moment. But um, when I went to Indianapolis, I just had my first child and five days later I had to go to training camp. And so that was really, really try to stay focused and they really can't come up and visit you. There is some game, but uh, you know, as you mentioned, it was, it, it was quick. You'd go out and, you know, they'd be hanging out, you know, by the, by the team bus and you got in what, you know, your, your meeting time you could, and then it's, and then it's, and then it's back to work. <laughs> and then now that we're on the, the cult subject of it, uh, your, your holder while you were in Indianapolis is somebody, uh, a name that most people in big 10 country will recognize a guy by the name of Jim Harbaugh. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, so Jim had just signed that year, uh, you know, to, to come in and be, come in and be the quarterback. They had, they had been going to different quarterbacks at the time. And so Harbaugh came in and I, I think it was almost similar to the same situation I had with Barry Sanders, you know, who was, who seemed to be attracted to, you know, you know, like, like the new guys and the different guys and, and Jim, he was new and, you know, he was an outsider like myself being a, a second year, but second year pro, but first year with, with the Colts. And, uh, he, he was my holder and he was, he was, you know, you know, I guess the players, you know, they, they, they kind of felt he was quirky. I, I really gravitated to him because he just, when you're in the NFL, there's, there's like a shift from college where it, it becomes less of a game and more of a job. But what I really enjoyed with my with Jim Harbaugh was how he still had this childlike attitude of the game, which was which was rare. And, um, you know, I got to spend a lot of time with him because he was my holder. And so we just you know, would have you know conversations here and there after practice. But he was someone who just, uh, you know, I, I connected with at the time because, you know, I was the same as well. I had the same attitude with him because I just wanted to play. You know, I, I didn't care how much. You know, they would pay me. And back in the day, I believe it was, I think I signed with the Colts for 100000 That was like the second year minimum. But for me that, you know, the, 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 the big dollars wasn't the incentive. It was just to play. And so, so, so spending time with Jim Harbaugh just, you know, was, uh, was such a, was such a, uh, such a great moment for me. And that's somebody who who has a tremendous football mind. Obviously, I mean, being right. head coach at Michigan now, and and so anyway, I wanted to, I I want to get into uh, being released and being cut from a team because uh, you know ninety percent. I mean, unless you're Tom Brady, mm-hmm. uh, you know, or or I mean, hell, even Peyton Manning got cut. I was going to say Peyton Manning, but but okay, unless you're Tom Brady, you can kind of go out on your own terms. Everybody either gets fired or cut or released in, 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 in all, basically all professional sports. What is it like getting cut? Now, obviously it's not a good feeling, but is it, is it truly like how we see on hard knocks where you might be in the hotel or the dorm at training camp and the guy comes and knocks on your door and says, Hey, coach wants to see you bring your playbook. Is that exactly how it goes down? (laughs) Yeah, that's, that's really, really accurate. So, you know, for me, when it happened, you know, I was just in my dorm room, uh, you know, just, you know, just thinking back to my experience at Indianapolis and I, I'd had a bad practice that day. And so I, 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 I knew more than usual cause it can happen any time, but after a bad practice is when you go back to your room and you just get, you just start to freak out in your mind that it's happening. Um, you know, I'd already heard stories when I was there about, um, my roommate was, was Miami that his, that, uh, there was a player that thought he was gonna get cut. He would hide underneath the bed. <laughs> um, so, um, you know, so, 
you're you're just every team has a they call him the Turk, and the Turk is usually a guy. It wouldn't be you know the head coach or the defensive coordinator or the you know even you know, or the coach of special teams or the defensive line coach. It's usually a some sort of special assistant coach, um, you know, because nobody wants this job. You know, nobody wants to be the guy who knocks on the door, and so. You know that that's that's how it went down for me, and I know that's how it appears to still go down. Like you said, like on hard knocks, they will just they'll knock on your door, and usually the phrase is really quick. It's like, hey, you know, coach wants to see you. Bring your playbook. That's it. They shut the door. They leave, and then you Ugh. then you go down to the office. You saunter on in. The coach is there. You know, sometimes it's a head coach. Sometimes it's not. When I was with the Colts. Um, uh, Coach Marchibroda was there, which I was really surprised to see. And I spent, he, he was super graceful. It was a really long exit interview. You signed some papers and then, and then that's it. <laughs> do, do, do they say like, Hey, you know what? We're going to try to help you out here. We'll be in touch with your people. You know, maybe, maybe the Chicago bears need a kicker or, oh, or, yes. or is it truly like, Hey, you know what? If you need anything, let me know better than that. We'll see you later. Yeah, you know, I, I you know, I, I don't know how it is for each player, but you know, for me, I felt really lucky for all three teams. They were, you know, uh, when the Detroit Lions cut me and I met with them, they told me that they would send video to anybody. They'd share video. They would, uh, they would make calls. They'd recommend. The Colts said the same thing. Um, you know, same with the Jets. So, you know, I, I, I believe my guess is that they would say that for everybody, whether they'd follow through or not. But, you know, I, I, I think that they must have because, you know, I was able after the Jets or after the Lions, I was able to sign with the Colts and I was able to sign with the Jets. So, you know, I believe that, you know, they, they, they were true to their word on that. Do they at least let you get to keep your jersey or your helmet, or you got to turn everything in? <laughs> there, there was a few things th- that I got to keep. I don't know how much it's changed, but uh, very little. It's so abrupt, too. Like, you know, I, I, I recall when I was with the Colts, I wanted to get out of there so quick. You know, I, I, I felt like in the, the time that I was with there, I'd, I'd made some, some, some connections and some friendships. But once I was cut, there was just a feeling of just like human. I didn't want to see, I didn't want to see anyone. I didn't want to see Harbaugh. I didn't want to see uh, my roommate. I didn't want to see the other players that I'd become friends with. I just wanted, I wanted out of there. And as luck may have it, actually, when it, after I got cut by the Colts, uh, that Saturday, and that's, I was trying to hang on for that. They had a preseason game with the Pittsburgh Steelers, which is where I went back to live. And my wife and I went out for a drink downtown and we're there for about a half an hour in walk six Indianapolis Colts and happened to be some of the guys I hung out with it. <laughs> kind of a small world there. Real small world. So really bad luck. You know, they're at their hotel and they, they, you know, decided to sneak out or whatever it was. So, so but of <laughs> course, you know, I'm thinking, Oh man, I don't want to see these guys, but you know, these guys were the, you know, they're in the same boat as me. They're younger guys and they are happy to see me. And they're, you know, that one of them even said to me, Hey, you're lucky you're out of training camp. <laughs> you know, everybody's <laughs> different. You know, I, I didn't want my career to end, but you know, some people, you know, they've been playing for such a long time and depending on their position, some players, you know, they they get sick and tired of, of beating their bodies up. And so for, you know, some, some players, it, it is a relief to get out. Well, that's kind of a, a good segue into the injury portion of your career. I obviously injury sustained your career a little bit and you turn towards yoga. Explain what you're doing now. Yeah. So, so, so today and for the last 20 years, I, I, I've been teaching yoga. My, my, my wife tried to get me into it when we were dating, when I was, uh, 
uh, in, in my mid twenties, like in the heart of my career, you know, yoga was considered really weird. There's grasp it at all. And now, of course, nowadays, you know, you know, almost every professional sports team has, has a yoga teacher, but that's what I've been doing for the past 20 years. I, I love it. You know, my, one of my main drivers of, of teaching yoga now is because, you know, my back was, was pretty messed up from football and my hips, but the only thing that worked to heal my back was, was yoga. But what I also found that yoga helped me do with, with the, the mind aspect of it, the meditation aspect is it just helps me to be, you know, more in the present moment, uh, you know, better apt to, you know, let go of, uh, you know, just hanging on to the past and, you know, focusing on the present moment. So, so that helped me get over my, you know, which at the time seemed like the worst thing in the world when I, when I, my, my last, the last team company, which was the Jets in the mid nineties. And so that's, that's what I share now is just the practice of yoga, which, you know, to, to help people, not just with their bodies, but also just, you know, just the, just the, you know, just to have some, uh, you know, skills of just, you know, you know, day to day, just, you know, being more present and, and less, less anxious. So that's, that's what I do now, along with my wife, we have some studios here in Pittsburgh. So that's amazing. And, and d- did I read right? So you have worked with the Steelers and the Penguins and the Pittsburgh basketball team as well? Yeah. So, so over the years we, we, we've had, you know, different times where we've gone to their places or they've come here. And that's, that's been really interesting. Cause I almost, I see myself when, when I work with them, like, like the Steelers, like very resistant to the yoga, very resistant to the meditation. Um, but, uh, and also, you know, how they'll, how they'll practice the yoga, like as athletes, they're very, um, you know, we want to do everything like a hundred percent. So we want to push, so that's like a big thing that when, when we work with the, with, with these athletes is to try to find more balance in, 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 in their, in, in their game, you know, not having to push and the press and, and to help with injury recovery, but also just like the mental game, you know, now, you know, LeBron James meditates, um, you know, Kobe meditated, you know, they say for 10 to 15 minutes every morning. So it's becoming far more, uh, mainstream in the athletic world, which is really exciting to see. Yeah, and it kind of eases your mind a little bit. We got to get Roethlisberger down there doing a couple, couple yoga stretches. <laughs> yeah, <huh>? exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, Sean, I I really do appreciate it. this. Has been an awesome conversation. Um, again, the book is called "The Point After: How One Resilient Kicker Learned There Was More to Life Than the NFL." Get it wherever books are sold. Sean Conley, thank you so much for coming on today. Taylor, Tyler, thank you so much. This, this was really fun. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. My thanks to Sean Conley for coming on this week's episode of In the Crowd. Pick up your copy of Sean's book, The Point After, wherever books are sold, and we'll see you guys next time. Thank you.